This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I'm going to read you a little testimony just to stir your faith some. It's so good to see God bringing His power and through us. You know, the power's there. It's up to us. Right? He's waiting on us. Everybody aware of that? <laughs> Somebody was telling me, well, God's gone. He, he's releasing this power. Well, he did that 2,000 years ago. Well, what's been going on? He's waiting on us. <laughs> Put the enemy under his feet. We had, um, became night of worship. We had a lot of testimonies. And every Sunday, we, someone gets healed in this place. You don't hear all the testimonies. Tell you the truth, I cannot keep up all the testimonies. I tell them to write it down. I mean, a video. If you tell me something on Sunday, it is, it's a miracle. If I have it Monday. <laughs> it's a miracle. That's the reason I tell people, you got something for me Sunday, you better send it to me, you better write it down or something. But anyway, this was uh, just the other day. Um, I passed her bomb, um, and uh, she gives her name, and she, you know, I let people share their testimony. I'm not going to put names out there. We had three people call me during the week. They were delivered during the night of worship. They were delivered for something, and they were not prayed for. Now, that blessed me. I like that. But we had just a number of healings, as we always do, but I thought this was really neat. Um... This lady, uh, she's had a couple of surgeries and, and stuff and uh, for kidney stones, very painful. And the doctor told her that she had so many uh, kidney stones that they could not do this uh, laser technique, I guess, whatever, surgery. And um, my urologist told me, uh, oh, during surgery, my left kidney had so many... Um, stones inside they couldn't get them all out uh, all out with laser surgery let me see he said I was headed down a long road of pain trying to pass these um, he said there's 30 or more stones in my left kidney anyway she went uh, back she had a, a scheduled appointment and said um, they did a CAT scan, and this is the results. I'm free from all stones. This is the doctor's words. The doctor goes, this is unbelievable. I can't believe my eyes. <laughs> and bless her, she said, the great physician did it. <laughs> 
The great physician did it. I'm glad there's a great physician that never misses a diagnosis, always prescribes the correct medication. And I tell you, this medicine he's got, wow, you know, it's pretty good stuff. If you're not dealing with anything, you can just kind of take that medicine. You can't take too much. It just, things get better and better for you. The more medicine you take. So that old song, just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but anyway. Take your medicine. Take your medicine and take all you want. It's paid for, and you can take it by the gallon if you want to. Just knock yourself out. Just that's stock Joe Ann is going to come and minister the word to us. And she is anointed, appointed for such a time as this. And she's full of the word. So we're going to get some medicine. I hope you're hungry and thirsty for some medicine. You might as well get addicted to the medicine. You know, in the natural, you can get addicted to the medicine. This is one medication you need to get addicted to. Just say, I'm addicted to the Word of God. I'm a wordaholic. <laughs> Let's give Joe a hand as she comes. goes but I'll go there. Well good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Fantastic. Wonderful. Well God's a good God all the time. All the time. Well I know we've prayed and prayed but we're just gonna ask God just to just do what he wants here today. Father we just bless you and we thank you and we worship you. You know we just declare that we're not going to be the same way going out as we were coming in. And whatever that means for each of our lives, Holy Spirit, you have that answer. So we're just yielded vessels, and we hear what you have to say, and we're quick to hear, and we're quick to obey, whatever that is. And Father, I'm asking for boldness just to preach the word, and I thank you, Lord, that you, signs follow. You do the signs following. And we just thank you, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to talk to you this morning. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, it must be God's will? So the title of my message today is, it must be God's will, or is it? We're going to look at some things that people say and people believe, and maybe um, as I've, I've gone through the study and done some things, there's some things that I find that I think and I believe that in light of the word need to have some tweaking going on. And so my thing is always if the word says something, it's immaterial what I think except the thought to change it to what the word says. Does that make sense? There's no power, there's no results outside of the word of God. Am I doing something wrong? No. There's no power, there's no results for healing 
outside of the Word of God. Amen. You can go to doctors. There's nothing wrong with going to doctors. Bless God. Thank you, Jesus, that we have them because without them, many people would have gone on. But when you go, you have to go in faith. Believe God. I love what Pastor said earlier, the great physician, that lady that said, well, the great physician took care of it. I thought, what a wonderful thing to say. So let's explore a couple things. What happens when people hit roadblock and obstacles? Well, what are roadblocks and obstacles? You know, you go to a meeting and it's um, packed out. Have you ever said, well, I guess I just wasn't supposed to be there? Or something came up and they couldn't get ready in time to be there in time. And they say, well, I guess it just wasn't God's will for me to go today. Or, you know, if it's God's will, it will be. Don't raise your hand. How many believe that? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Is it right if it's God's will, it will be? Go back, I want you to, what we're trying to do is dig out some thoughts that don't line up with the Word of God. So if you think like that, let me ask you this question. Is it God's will for everybody to be saved? Did he leave anybody out except the devil now? Did he leave any human being out? So tell me, will everybody be saved? Why not? Choice. It's choice. So what I hear you telling me is that your choices impact the will of God. Is that true? That is true. So does that blow out of the water? Well, if it's going to be, if it's God's will, it's going to be. Kind of blows it out of the water, doesn't it? And what else does it tell you? Is that you have some responsibility in what happens in your life. Uh oh, yeah. As Joe says, I've gone to meddling, haven't I? So, but some, some people, when they're faced with obstacles, don't look at it like that and they do something different. So, why is that? Let's explore that. Let's, um, let's go and look at some examples. Let's go to Matthew 15. And 21. Matthew 15 and 21. Okay, and let's look what it says. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman of Cana came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. Now let's step back for a second. Woman of Cana, what does that mean? You know, we read that and we say, okay, what does it mean? It means she wasn't Jewish, all right? And she had no rights under the old covenant. You understand that? That's important to understand. It wasn't just a woman that came to Jesus. Jesus was sent to whom? The Jews, right? The chosen. He was sent to them. And here comes a woman who is not a Jewish woman and also that um, she doesn't, because she's not a Jewish woman, she has no rights. All right, so keep this in mind as we go. So here she comes. Um, he, she says to him, Have mercy on me, O, o Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her, Not a word. Now listen, 
She's talking to Jesus. And he answered her, what would, what would people say today? Well, I prayed, but I didn't get an answer. How many times have you heard that? I prayed, but I didn't get an answer. So did the woman stop? No, no. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, So, there's reinforcements to get her to stop. The disciples are irritated because she's causing disruption to the normal flow of things. So, did the woman stop? No. So the disciples asked Jesus, Send her away, for she's crying after us. But he answered and said, now, I'm not sent, but to, unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Here she's saying, he's saying that I'm, I went to the Jews. I'm going to the Jewish people. What did she do? Then she came. And what did she do? She worshiped him and saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, now listen, here she is, this woman in front of Jesus. Do you not think she's got some obstacles going on here? At every turn of the way, it looks like, no way, uh-uh, not going to get it. Nope, not doing it. And yet, she was not deterred by anything she heard. She was not deterred by any bad report. People coming and t asking Jesus to get those people, get her, this woman away from because she's disrupting us. She had a focus and a steady course of what she wanted. See, you know, we as Christians, when we're going for anything from God, and, and healing is a prime example here, is we have to have focus. Amen. All of the other noise and clutter and everything, you have to live your life on purpose. You have to get healing on purpose. Pastor Bob was talking earlier about, you know, you can't overdose on this. You can't overdose on this. But I can almost guarantee you, if you have nothing wrong in your body today, that you will have an opportunity to experience something wrong in the future. But when you're stocked up and loaded up, and you're, you're, you're full from head to toe of the Word of God, and you know who your healer is, and you know what the Word of God says, that when the cold comes by, you duck, Amen. and you don't take it. When the symptoms come, you say, well, that can't be for me. That's not my report. And you nip it in the bud, as they say, early. And you don't deal with symptoms because you, you know who you are. You know how to stand. So even if you don't know today, if you have nothing today that's, that's annoying you and bothering you and plaguing you and hindering you, you can be stocked up for something that might come along. Plus, you have plenty to give out for others. Okay, so here this woman is. But he said, uh, 24, but he answered and said, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not me to take the children's bed and to cast it to the dogs. Now, in that time, Gentiles were sometimes referred by the Jews as dogs. And for our purposes, out of covenant, out of covenant, out of covenant. If you have a ticket to go to Six Flags, you can get in and do all the amusements that the ticket provides for you. If you have no ticket, you have no entry. So she had no ticket. She had no right to the covenant things. And here she was coming and trying to get something that she had no quote-unquote right to. And she said, but what she detoured, she was single-minded in what she wanted from God. Now, 
do you know, when I read the scripture and look at what, what Jesus said, now when you first read that, it looks, kind of, it looks kind of chilling to have Jesus. First, first glance, it looks like Jesus is calling you a dog. Well, he's not really calling her a dog. He said this, you don't have any covenant rights here, is all he's saying. You have no covenant rights. And yet we see the mercy and the grace and compassion of God in action. And she did not waver. Remember the, the uh, centurion that came and said, my little daughter lies at the point of death, and if you will just come, lay your hands on her, she'll be healed. And all the things that happened in between time. And when the report came that she was dead. And Jesus said, fear not, only believe. Well, you know, to be focused and single mind, it takes fear not, only believe. Because everything else that's happening, everything your senses are telling you, every doctor's report, you're not going to get it. The end is near. Plan the end. Do this. You're going to have to live with that. You'll never be able to do this. All of these things bombarding you. And yet when you stay single focused on the word of God, you get what the word of God says. Look how it works out. And she said, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's tables. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you even as you will. Now, in the other account of it, it also says that he told her, go home, your daughter is well. And, you know, I think that, you know, when we talk about going home, we, we don't live far, you know. Some of us further than others, but we don't live far. And so most of the time these, these people traveled, they traveled either by foot, uh, most of the cases, and some of them traveled the long way. And so you had to know something, you had to trust something there. And so when he told her, go home, your daughter is well, she had to trust that the daughter was well. She got what she came for, yet she had absolutely no evidence that it took place. No evidence whatsoever. Sometimes when we pray, there is absolutely, positively no physical evidence that your healing has manifested. But, you know, as you go, as you go, you don't take your faith off it. You keep your focus single. God said, and he did. God said, and he did. You know, God already thinks you're healed. So if God thinks that way, who are we? If you think otherwise, course correction. Just a little tiny course corrections. It's all it takes a lot of times. Let's go and um, um, there must be something about being up here. My uh, iPad's talking to me too. <laughs> That's just this. Uh, let's go ahead and look at another example. Let's go to Mark 2. You know, oftentimes we look at these things, and as we read the account, now I, I can only speak for me, but sometimes I read the account, I'm reading what's going on, but I don't have the knowledge of what really is going on. You know, you could tell me what it took you to get here today, how much stuff you had to go through, and I know that you're here, and I've not experienced that track of time between 
when you got up until you got here and how many obstacles you overcame. And sometimes if you will just sit back and meditate on the scripture and look, these people had to go through the same things we did. They got bad reports. They had people that told them, you're some kind of nut. What do you mean you believe that? You got to do this. You have to do that. Or they're not, you're not worthy to receive these things. You know, and people they had just as much opportunity to not believe God. And these things, as we read them in the scriptures, we don't really take into account what it took for these people to stand and get what they got from God. But look at this. Chapter 2, verse 1, and again, he entered into Capernaum, and after some days it was noised that he was in the house, and straightway many were gathered together, insomuch there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. So what are we looking at here? We are looking at a packed house, so packed they couldn't even get to the door. So, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Now listen, I could camp on this scripture right there for a long time. But let me just ask you a couple questions. One, on a stretcher, couldn't move, couldn't do anything, four carrying. Whose idea was it to go? The one on the stretcher or the four carrying? If it was the one on the stretcher, he had to convince the four to carry him and take him to this meeting. If it was the four, maybe one started and said, hey, we always say this, everybody needs four crazy friends. Hey, friend, will you come? I want to go over to so-and-so's house and want to carry him to this meeting. We just know he's going to be healed. I don't know about that. Come on, will you go? We've got to convince, you know, Nancy and Roger to go too. So we do that, and we go, and they say, you know, there's always one of them saying, well, I don't know. Well, come on, come on. We encourage and we go. So there's four carrying one on the stretcher. All right? Opportunities galore. How far do they have to carry that person? What do they have to do to get them there? You think one person, even born by four, is easy to carry? You know? Maybe that person weighed 200 pounds. Who knows? Maybe they weighed 400 pounds. Who knows? Wasn't a light load. So they had to carry him. And to the best of my knowledge, there was no, um, uh, there was no Cadillacs. There was no pickup trucks available to lift them. So they get there, all the obstacles they face to get there, and they get there, and what happens? It's full. It is so full, even one without any of the stretchers can't get in the door. What's the typical response? Well, yeah, it's just too full. You know, the parking lot looks too full. There's too many donkeys in the parking lot. We, we better go, you know. I don't know, you know. We're a little late. We, we, we're a little late. I don't know what they're going to think of us. We better go home. We, we just must have missed God. It was God's will for us to be here on time. You know, the road wouldn't have been blocked by all those chickens. I mean, we, can, we have excuses upon excuses upon excuses. And when you boil it down to what the Word of God says, nothing can stand in light of it. If you truly want what God has, you're focused and single-minded on it, and you go after it. So they get there, the four and the one man who's on a stretcher. How would you like to be that person on the stretcher? You know, most of you know where the story's going, where this account is not a story, an account is going. So anyway, so they get to the door. They can't get in. I'm sure they tried, you know. I'm sure they said, excuse me, we have somebody who really needs to be here. Will you move? No, I ain't moving. Okay, we're going to try this. They tried this. They tried this. And I said, well, the only way to go is through the roof. Well, where are the tools to take the roof off is what I want to know. 
Where did they get the tools to take it? Do you not think that's an obstacle? Do you think, I don't know what the roofs look like. Maybe you do. I have no idea. But there were still roofs. There was something there and had to be compacted down to keep the water out. So they had to do something to get the roofing off in order to get through them. Oh, by the way, bud, we're going to just put you on the roof and, and lay you down. You're going to do what? I don't think so. Oh, yes, we came all this way. I can imagine one person. No, we came all this way and you are getting what God said is yours. Let's go. So, I mean, think about all the obstacles that they faced. They were single-minded. So how did they get them up to the roof? I don't know. How did they get them down in the hole? They had to get a hole big enough. And, you know, you think about a hole in a roof, and you think about a little, they built a, you know, did a little hole. Can you fit through that? Maybe you can fit through that little hole. <laughs> Most of us need a bigger hole to get through, plus the stretcher. And so then you've got, you've got Jesus. Jesus is preaching, and some nut is making noise up there, and then all of a sudden he's preaching, and here comes this man down from the hole in the roof. Do you not think if it was you, do you not, oh, I can't interrupt him. I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. No. What are they going to think of me? I don't know. They probably don't think the world of you anyway, so it doesn't matter. Amen. Why do you let people speak in your life? that think differently and have different belief systems than you. Ooh, ooh, another topic. So they're going through all of this. Now, when you, have you ever thought of all of that in light of reading those scriptures? I mean, that's a whole bunch of obstacles. That's a whole bunch of roadblocks. You know, a big roadblock, I can't get in. There's nothing else I can do. That was one big roadblock. Well, they overcome that roadblock. And then, if we, if we finish the account here, uh, when they couldn't, verse 4 says, when they could not come nigh unto him for the press or the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they laid down the bed, were in the sick of the palsy. Now, when they had broken it up, took some time, don't you think? In all the time, Jesus is preaching, missing a lot of stuff. They're preaching. But do you not think there's some noise on the roof going on? All that crowd that was packed out, you couldn't even get in. You think they're paying attention or they're thinking, what is going on up there? What is, a lot of obstacles here. When Jesus saw their faith, that's a wonderful thing. Have you ever seen faith arise in somebody? It is a wonderful thing. He said unto the sick of the palsy, son, your sins are forgiven. What do you mean my sins are forgiven? I came here to be healed, right? So after all of that, if you stop right there, after all of that, he, they did all of that. Those five people went through all of that. And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you. Now, how many people at that point would be mad and go? All right, so let's go on. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Reason always steals your faith, by the way. Why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason you these things in your hearts? Whether it's easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Your sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up the bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, arise, take up your bed, and go thy way into your house. Now, 
opportunity. Just put yourself on the stretcher. The sick of the palsy is on the stretcher. And he, Jesus just told him, arise, take up your bed and walk. Now there's kind of a little confrontation going on, don't you think? Do you feel like maybe that you'd be kind of in the middle of it? Well, what am I going to do? What are they going to say if I do? Now remember, the Jewish people were kicked out of the synagogues for going the way of Jesus. The leaders were persecuting him, right? So if you take all that in account and what is going on, so he, he's going to take up his bed and walk amongst all those people. And so how many, how many eyes are looking at him? And he takes up his bed and walks. I don't know about you, but me, I probably want to, I want to be there for the rest of the service. You know, <laughs> I want to see what happens, you know, happens next. But he did as what he's told and he goes on. But do you see how many obstacles he encountered? If it was really the will of God, and that's all that ever happened, then all of these things would not be necessary to overcome, would they? I just kind of want you to reflect in your life what obstacles you've come across, whether you've gotten a report that says you'll never get better, you've gotten a report that says make your way um, because you're going to depart. I want to encourage you today. Jesus still heals. He's still the healer. He already thinks you're healed. But that focus... In that oneness, regardless of the noise and the static and what other reports are coming, it's whose report do you believe? And so, you know, faith begins where the will of God is known. Pretty simple. You can't act on what you don't know. So you have to know something. You have to know something about the author of this word. Who is the word? John. Let's go to John 1. Let's give you some scriptures to back up what I'm talking about. Get my notes and turn the page. I like that. Um, live your life on purpose. Live your life on purpose. Live your life on purpose. Don't let the circumstances and the reports and the um, the things that come your way, the obstacles sway you from a purpose. God has given us, a each one of us has specific giftings, and God has given us a plan and a purpose. And he expects us to operate in that plan and purpose. And he equips us. And part of that equipping is the healing and the restoration and the wholeness of our bodies. We can't do for God the fullness of what he wants done if we're hindered. And so when we live our life on purpose and our focus, when it's centered on the word of God, we get that direction. We have the course corrections. And any time that what you think you realize is not lining up with the word of God or there's a question about it, go back to the word of God and make the word of God your final authority in your life. And anything else you think or feel about it, I tell myself, well, that and the dollar in tax will get you a cup of coffee. You know, it's not what you think or feel. It's what the Word of God says, and then it's your response to the Word of God will determine what you get. That woman's response to Jesus. You know what? I think a lot of people would have been offended at what happened there. And you remember in Mark 4, one of the things that will get the Word from you is offense. You know, um... If you can be offended, you will. So choose not to be. 
Now, we all have our moments. We'll step in, step out. I refuse to be offended because I know it will steal the word of God. It will steal my healing. It will steal my future. I have, I'm doing life on purpose, with a purpose. And I'm not allowing the circumstances to determine what I get or don't get. I was listening to uh, Terry Savelle Foy this week, and, and she said a lot of people um, don't have because they don't ask. And she went into a couple examples of, of different things. And when I used to travel quite a bit, um, I would frequently get upgraded. But it didn't usually come automatically. It rarely came automatically. And so when I get to the hotel, I would smile real nice. I'd be real kind. You know, it's more, um, I always think the thing about it's um, easier to catch flies with honey than vinegar. You know, if you want something, you go in there stomping about it. You know, who wants to be nice and give it to you, you know? And uh, so I would always say, um, and I shop online, by the way. I, I, I book online so I get the best deal and I have discount codes and different, different things. So I'm already walking in knowing that I'm paying less than the average to begin with. And so when I get to the desk and I smile real nice and she's doing everything, how are you doing? You know, we talked a little bit and I said, do you think I could have an upgrade? So one person said, well, no, not with that price you, that, not with that price you paid, but I'll check. <laughs> Nine out of ten times. Sometimes 10 out of 10, I get an upgrade. It says, you have not because you ask. What are you missing because you've not asked? Matthew 7, 7, I believe, is the reference for that scripture. Okay, John first, uh, excuse me, John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we can clearly say, God and his word are one. Correct? Well, let's go to John 5. I'm just giving you some scriptures to back up. Then answered, verse 19, Then answered Jesus and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For what things soever he does, these also does the Son likewise. Now, if you want to see the will of God in action, all you have to do is look at what Jesus did. Amen. Now, if, you, if there's anybody here that still thinks sickness and disease comes from God, then if that is true, if that thinking is accurate, then Jesus disobeyed the Father. Right? I like what Pastor said about a bunch of these things. You would have to, if that was true, you would have to use your faith to believe God for sickness and disease. And then if that was really true, and we really believed that was true, when we heard somebody was dying of cancer, we'd go out and have a party. How horrible is that? We know that cancer is the enemy. It doesn't come from God. Sickness and disease does not come from God. The scripture tells us Jesus, he came, that we could have life and have it more abundantly. The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. God, of course, came for life abundantly. So let's go to, let's see, did I read that? Okay, so everything you see Jesus do is the express will of God. So let's go to Mark 1 and 11. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. 
I don't know about you, but I'd like to hear God say, this is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. So we can see that everything Jesus did, that he's the expressed will of God. Everything that he did, he did, and it pleased the Father. Let's go over the scripture I was talking about before Matthew 7. Matthew 7 and 7. It says, ask, and it might be given you. It says, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks, receives. And he that seeks, finds. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. And so... How you get out of these scriptures what God says is yours is directly related to how much you believe God in his word and how focused you are to stand to receive and to overcome every obstacle. Every obstacle that's put in your path, go around it, go under it, go over it. You know, let me step back for a second. Really and truly, what we're supposed to be doing is Mark eleven twenty three and 24. You speak to the mountain. You command it to be removed, cast into the sea. Don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things you say shall come to pass. You have whatsoever you say. And while you're doing that, listen to what the Spirit of the Lord says. Go up, go around, go under, go neath, but don't stop. Don't stop. This is what if you, every account that you see that people got something, they didn't stop. They didn't take no for an answer. They kept on. That woman kept asking. She asked one thing, she asked another. Yeah, it's true, Lord. But even the dogs get crumbs. And what did he say? According to your faith, basically, you got, you got what you wanted according to the faith that you were willing to go ahead and release. So how do you get the faith to release, to receive that, that healing that you need in your body? Believe God believe God. That's why we're showing you that the Word of God is the will of God because you cannot believe the Word of God if you don't know if it's the will of God. And so whatever you need in your body, I'm reminded in, um, in Deuteronomy 28, and I think it's verse 56, that talks about diseases of long continuance. You got something in your body you've been dealing with for a long time? Looks like it'll never go. It's been there so long, it's almost like you don't really try to get rid of it anymore, you know. It might be a little pain in your finger, a little pain in your toe, or a little crick in your back. Every time it rains, you know, you hear that saying. But, you know, you can be free today of all of that. God doesn't intend for us to have anything missing or anything broken because the price he paid was so great, a price. And the truth be known, healing is not a promise. It's a provision. It's already been provided for, and you've got the ticket. But if you never go in and demand something, you don't get it. So you hold the ticket. What are you going to do with it? So let's look at a couple more things, and we're going to conclude. Um, let's go to Matthew 9. And I think I want to read... Now, let me read from this, Matthew 
29 and 28. It says, And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I'm able to do this? And they said unto them, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, and he said, According to your faith, be it unto you. So I just want you to hear what Jesus said as if he's talking to you this morning. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes. Well, according to your faith, be it unto you then. Thank you for being quick to respond. Every promise, every provision, everything you see in the word of God, ask yourself, do you think Jesus can do this? Yes, I do, and I receive it. And Jesus said, okay, then according to your faith, you have it. And the degree to which you believe that is the degree to which you're hooked up and the power can operate in your life. Persistence on the word is a key. Gloria Copeland says it this way, in consistency, that means in being consistent, lies the victory. That woman was consistent. She was not taking no for an answer. She would not do it. And it tells me something about, uh, it, it tells me something about if you go back before she even uh, uh, approached the scene, she made a decision. Because now, when's the last time you went into a church that nobody looked like you? What if I put you in a church today that nobody looked like you. As a matter of fact, nobody looks like you, but their faith is so contrary to you, and they think that you're irrelevant. How comfortable would you be in that setting? Here's where that woman was going. She's going to a setting where all the disciples and everybody around there, they're Jewish. And she's going to, do you not think that she had to make a quality decision before she, ever dis, before she ever took a step out of her house to go where she's going? And it comes back to what's a quality decision. Quality decision, there, there, it, <clears throat> it says that there is no more argument. We're not getting almost all the way there and turning around and coming back. We are not taking no for an answer. We are not leaving that destination without what we came to get. That's a quality decision. There's no retreat. There's no retreat to a quality decision. There's no retreat. When you decide, I'm going to make God's word final authority in my life, and the next day somebody comes along and, from your past and wants you to go do something, it's like, well, no, I can't. Well, why not? Well, I just can't. Well, and then all of a sudden the, the thing comes up and what comes up in your head? Well, you know, they are my friend. I've known them for a long time. I could just go with them. It's, you know, it would be okay. But you know in here it's a no. And something has to rise up and say, no, I can't do it. You know, can't go with you. That's how we are with the reports and the things of God. No, I'm not going your way. No, I'm not doing it your way. I am going to be single-minded. I'm going to do it God's way all the way through. Now, listen, we miss it sometimes. No condemnation. God is not out to get you. He's not mad at you. He's not after you. Repent, get it right, and go with God. If God was out to get you, how long would it take to find you? 
See, isn't that funny? Let me tell you this too while it, while, while it has uh, arisen. The devil is not as powerful as God. He is not everywhere. He doesn't know everything. He's got a hierarchy of little imps and demonic things, you know. He's got a hierarchy. I think he's frustrated sometimes because some in the hierarchy don't do the best they can because some of us stand even when we're supposed to fall in their mind. Don't you think he's frustrated a little bit? Frustrate him some more. Give him the word of God. Get the sword. Stick it in. Turn it. See, God is omnipotent. The enemy is not. God is for your good. The enemy is not. He knows the plans and purposes. They're for good, not for evil, to give you an expected end. I used to say this. I didn't want to really yield to, um, uh, to God. This, has, of course, been years ago. And um, because I didn't want to go to Africa. <laughs> 25, 30 years ago, I didn't want to go, you know. And I just knew I might have to go or I might have to be willing to go, and I wasn't, you know. Well, today I can still tell you that's not a heart's desire, but I would go wherever God told me to go, and I would learn to be content and be happy knowing that I'm in the will of God as opposed to the most miserable place is to be anywhere outside the will of God. And the best place in the most rotten circumstances is in the will of God. Because you've got strength to stand. You have joy. God will give you comfort somehow or another, even if he's got to bring a little mouse to be a friend. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, the raven fed, you know, one of the prophets. God provides a way for his kids. He always does. He never leaves you, never forsakes you. And he's a good God. And so when you realize he's for your good, then it's like, okay, Lord, even if I don't want to, I am willing to be willing. What do you want me to do? And some things, it's like, you're going to have to tell me that again. <laughs> have you ever been there? It's like, is that you? You know it is. Come on. You know, okay. You, know, you think he's surprised when we're not willing? Where healing's concerned, take the blinders off. Take the thoughts out. Take what you learned. Ask Holy Spirit to go down there and search if there's any hindrances from you receiving. Because there's no hindrance in the supply unless you take your faith off of it. You choke the supply. When your faith's on it, the supply is there always. It's always provided. So let's look at one last thing. Uh, let's look at 1 John 5, 13 and 14. And I'm going to uh, read this in the Amplified. First John. And if this is scripture you don't know and don't have committed to inside you, I really encourage you to meditate on it till it becomes just a reality in your thinking. I want to start at 13. It says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Do you believe on the name of the Son of God? Amen. He's writing to you. That you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, 
he hears us. Did we establish adequately that the will of God for you is healing? Okay. So if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. So let me read this in the Amplified. It says, I write this to you who believe in, adhere to, trust in, rely on the name of the Son of God in the peculiar services and blessings conferred by him on men so that you may know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have life, yes, eternal life, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, I like that, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to us and hears us. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted that we have granted us as our present possessions the request made of him. Amen. Glory to God. Whew. So he said, You ask, this is a confidence that we have. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have what we've asked for. How much have we missed out? Because either we haven't asked or we didn't think we were good enough to get it. That's a big thing. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Well, you need to get the but out of the way and say, yes, amen. It's mine. This is what you said. Now, sometimes, I want to go one more scripture, please. And um, Matthew 11 um, I was going to say there's course correction sometimes, and there are. Sometimes I have to convince myself, and convincing myself, I take the scriptures and say, Lord, you said that you would do this. You said that you would do this. And God's not changed. I'm, listen, we don't convince God to do anything. God is trying to convince us to receive and that's the whole thing. And so how do you receive? You renew your mind. You've got to get your mind re renewed. You've got to get your mind renewed to the Word of God because that's where the power is. And so whatever you see in the Word, if you're single-minded, if you believe the Word of God and you just stand there, you can let the wind and the waves and the storm and everything come and go, but if you will stand. And when you can't stand, call up a friend. Get one of those four crazy ones and call them up and say, we've got to do something crazy. Will you help me? And then when they call you up and they want to do something crazy, and you think, okay, I'm willing to be willing. If you will get people around you that believe the word of God and want to stretch their faith as far as they'll go, you'll be surprised how far you'll go. Amen. What does scripture say? One puts a thousand, two, ten thousand. You get four crazy friends together. Can you begin to imagine what kind of things that you'll see, what kind of exploits that you will, you'll be able to do because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. Oof. Mark. Matthew. Excuse me. Matthew 11. I think I told you Mark. Matthew 11. We're going to conclude with this. 
go to four and five. Jesus answered and said unto him, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. So he told them to go tell John what they saw. Now remember, we're talking about God's will. All right? He said, The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor hear the preaching of the gospel. That's what's supposed to happen here today. Are you ready to extend your faith to receive it? Let's see it in action. Boldly. Let's boldly go where the Spirit of the Lord tells us to go. Amen. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you this morning. Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for signs following. And I thank you that we have removed the limits today, Lord. And that we believe you, Jesus, that you can do these things. And according to our faith, it's done unto us. So we ask you for abundantly above all we can ask or think. We ask you for signs and wonders. For the signs following is given, Father. We just enter in and believe you. We have ears to hear. I thank you, Father. And we just glorify you this morning. We glorify you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, would anybody like for us to pray with them or be in agreement with you? And if you would like so, you can just come up on the front and just every other seat, if you would, come up and have a seat and we will pray for you. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.